You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC, another exciting weekend of SEC football. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your next order. On today's show, well, we will recap what happened in week two of the SEC. Once again, we had some upsets, including Arkansas winning their first conference game in a long time. We'll give you who impressed and depressed in week two, and I've got a feeling that Auburn offense, they're going to find themselves in the depressed category. And lastly, we'll take an early look at some of the very early week three betting lines across the SEC. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out five days a week. All right, let's not hesitate. Let's jump right in and go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start things off with one of the early games from Saturday, South Carolina at Florida. Here's Trask, dropping back, throws over the middle. He's got Tony at the 45, Tony at the 40, Tony at the 30, Tony at the 25, at the 20, breaks the tackle, and he's gone. Oh, my, what a marvelous run again by Kadarius Tony. He just went 57 yards for a Gators touchdown. Yeah, Florida continues to be one of the most impressive teams in the league, at least offensively. Another solid day at the office for Kyle Trask as he threw for 268 yards and four touchdowns. That gives him 10 on the season through just two games. Not bad for a guy who wasn't even the Gators starter, starting quarterback the beginning of last season. Another two touchdown catches for tight end Kyle Pitts this week. He continues to be one of the toughest players to defend in the SEC with his six receiving touchdowns. That matches the high for any SEC tight end in the entire 2019 season. He's done it through just two games. Their next two games, they're going to be against ranked opponents, Texas A&M and LSU. I'm going to be real curious to see what either of those teams do to try to contain Pitts because he is uncoverable at this point defensively. Another four sacks this week for Florida. I thought Colin Hill, though, was not bad for South Carolina. He just did not get any help from his receivers, not named Shai Smith. A lot of drops. It was disappointing because I thought South Carolina could have hung with Florida for a little bit longer. The Gamecocks, they're running back Kevin Harris. I thought he ran the ball really hard, especially in the first half. I came away very impressed with him. They got a good running back in Kevin Harris. Of course, later in this game, Hill and the Gamecocks made it interesting. They got the ball back with eight minutes to go down 14. And you're like, all right, they can move the ball here. They can get back into this, make it a game. They get all the way down to the Florida four, unable to get the touchdown to make it a one-score game. But that drive just took the Gamecocks way too long to get down there. But I think some encouraging things for South Carolina. Despite dropping to 0-2 on the season, things do get easier for the Gamecocks this coming weekend playing Vandy. Tennessee is three for three today on fourth downs. And this one will be from the Missouri half yard line. This time they go with an eye formation and the quarterback sneak, Garantano, touchdown. Mizzou and Tennessee, if you're a Vol fan, you really enjoyed this game. Tennessee was in control just about the entire game. It was really good to see the Vol running game get going this week with Eric Gray going over 100 yards and Ty Chandler rushing for 90 
Jared Garantano, look, he is that steady hand at quarterback the Vols have been needing for several years. We know that he's had his growing pains and all that, but through two games, Garantano is throwing for 449 yards, only two touchdown passes, but no interceptions. And Josh Palmer has kind of become that go-to guy in the passing game for him defensively. I thought Tennessee's defense looked better this week. DeAndre Johnson with three and a half sacks, a couple of interceptions on the year. Would like to see them get just a little bit more aggressive, though. This is a Jeremy Pruitt defense. Come on, fellas. Play with a little bit more grit. I think they're going to be in much better shape in weeks to come. I think Mizzou looks like they're going to roll with freshman Connor Basilak as their starting quarterback moving forward. He took over for Sean Robinson in this one after Robinson was just one for four for zero yards. But Basilak actually got the chains moving for Mizzou. He showed some promise. Larry Roundtree is one of the few bright spots of that Mizzou offense at running back. Things do not get easier for Mizzou this week, though, as they head to Death Valley to take on LSU on Saturday night. Tennessee, of course, gets a huge showdown Saturday afternoon at Georgia, where that Vol offense is really going to be tested. Everybody's in tight at the wideout spots, a tight formation. Mon gets the snap, stands in. They pick up a blitz, throw, intercepted. That's Daniel Wright down the right sideline. He's going to take it to the house. Texas A&M at Alabama. This one started with the stat that Nick Saban was 19-0 against his former assistants, winning by an average of 25 points per game. At the end of this one, we can go ahead and move those numbers to 20-0 against his former assistants, and now... Those average wins coming by 26 points per game. This one was fun because, look, if you tuned in late or you blinked, it was 14-0 Alabama, and it felt like, all right, this is going to be a rout. But then a touchdown drive for the Aggies, an interception to set up another score, and things are tied 14-14, and you're going, all right, we got a game. But Alabama and Mac Jones responded quickly, and they never looked back. They took a 35-14 halftime lead. Mac Jones, speaking of him, 20 of 27, 435 yards in the game. That's the fourth most passing yards thrown in a game by an Alabama quarterback, just behind the likes of Scott Hunter, Blake Sims, and, of course, Tua Tagovailoa. Najee Harris, not rushing for a ton of yards, but he continues to find the end zone. He now has five rushing touchdowns through just two weeks. And welcome to the SEC, John Mechie, who had five catches for 181 yards. He is averaging... Over 31 yards a catch. Jalen Waddell, he had his sixth career 100-yard receiving game. And the trio with those two, with Devontae Smith, clearly the best trio in the SEC. And they're going to continue to keep SEC DBs on their heels. For the Aggies, I just wonder what is going to be that year that they take that next step from finishing behind Bama, LSU, and Auburn in the West almost every year. This was supposed to be the year with a veteran quarterback, some great recruiting classes from Jimbo, Solid defensive coordinator Mike Elko, but it's just another disappointment. And it doesn't get any better with Florida coming to College Station this week. Bama, they get Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And there's the game right there as Luke Logan kicks the extra point and Lane Kiffin gets his first victory. And speaking of Ole Miss, they got a big win at Kentucky this past weekend. Kentucky continues to have issues with their kicker. In this one, Kentucky kicker Matt Ruffalo missed a field goal that would have put Kentucky up 10 in the second half. He had one extra point ding off an upright, but went in. But the worst moment of the day, as Kentucky is in overtime, scores the go-ahead touchdown, he misses the extra point, and that turns out to be the difference in the game. Last season, their other kicker, Chance Poor, he missed a big kick in the Florida game. They have some soul-searching to do in that kicker room, 
for Kentucky. That said, the ground game for Kentucky was really impressive. Chris Rodriguez, Terry Wilson, and, and A.J. Rose all rushed for over 100 yards apiece. They combined for 408 yards on the ground. But Matt Corral was the story of the day for Ole Miss. He was 24 for 49, 320 yards, and four touchdowns in that Lane Kiffin offense. You can't do much better than that. Corral currently leads all Power 5 quarterbacks in completion percentage and ranks second among Power 5 quarterbacks in both passer rating and yards per attempt. Mac Jones is the only guy ahead of him. Next up, Ole Miss gets Bama, while Kentucky tries to break their 0-2 start with Mississippi State in Lexington. And here's the snap to quarterback, Miles Brennan. Handoff Emory stretches it, 10-5, far side, into the end zone, touchdown, Tigers! 12-yard touchdown run for John Emory Jr. First rushing touchdown on the season. Puts him well over the century mark running the football tonight. A career high with 103 and now a score to make it 40-7 LSU with 8-11 to go here in this contest. I thought LSU responded very well coming off that disappointing week one loss to Mississippi State. Defensively, they looked way better, especially with the return of Derek Stingley Jr., Quarterback Miles Brennan looked a bit more comfortable this week. Threw for 337 and four touchdowns. And LSU finally got that ground game going. With their rising star running back, John Emery, he went over 100 yards. LSU appears to still be loaded at that wide receiver spot with the likes of Terrace Marshall, John Trey Kirk- Kirkland, Kayshawn Bouti. And most importantly for LSU's O-line, no sacks this week after giving up seven a week ago versus Mississippi State. For Vandy... Freshman quarterback Ken Seals is just going to have to take his lumps. He had a couple of good throws in this one, but, uh, you know, and kept some drives going for Vandy. But that run game, uh, pretty good with Marlowe running for 83 yards, but it is just more of the same for Derek Mason and Vandy, man. All signs point to them potentially going 0 10 on this season. Just wonder when is enough enough? They need to find some help on that offense and score some points. I think LSU is a lot better than people gave them credit for last week. And. It seems to be that they've gotten their defensive woes fixed, and if Miles Brennan continues to get better each and every week, they're definitely going to compete with the likes of Florida in coming weeks. But again, imperative LSU continues to take those steps to keep getting better and no steps backwards. Everybody's in tight at the wideout spots, a tight formation. Mon gets the snap, stands in. They pick up a blitz, throw, intercepted. That's Daniel Wright down the right sideline. He's going to take it to the house. Razorbacks' first SEC win since October 2017, snapping their 20-game SEC losing streak. Barry Odom, really impressive defensive game plan in this one for Arkansas against Mississippi State. They got after Costello, forced him to get the ball out, and he just never looked comfortable like he did a week prior. To hold Mike Leach just 14 points a week after they set the SEC on fire had to be a huge letdown for Bulldog fans out there. For Arkansas, Felipe Franks looked much better this week, threw for 212 yards and two touchdowns, and the Razorbacks did just enough on offense to get the job done. I still think their offense is going to have to get better against tougher teams, but Kendall Bryles did a good enough job Saturday with the play calling. Big congrats to Sam Pittman and Arkansas fan base for getting that monkey off their back, building a little positivity moving forward for their program. Handoff with an eye formation. Zeus, touchdown! Yes! Boy, just too easy. You get all that beef up front, and the dogs are just pushing the Tigers around. Stetson Bennett, remember the name. He has arrived. He was so impressive on Saturday night. He gets my game ball of the week. I could not believe how calm 
and poised he looked. He showed this a week ago in the second half against Arkansas, but a lot of people said, oh, it's just Arkansas. Well, Bennett, they're for 240 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers against Auburn. And with all the names that have come through there, Jacob Eason, Justin Fields, Jake Fromm, Dewan Mathis, Jamie Newman, JT Costello, it is Stetson Bennett who is getting the job done for Georgia. And how good is this Bulldog defense? My goodness, it's hard not to say they are the best defense in the conference, let alone perhaps the country. To hold Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris to just six points of offense, really, really good. Bo Nix, he is just not taking that next step yet. I'm waiting for it. He's the reigning SEC freshman of the year, but he has shown no signs of taking that next step in his development. He threw a pick. Was sacked three times, ran 11 times for just eight yards, did not throw a touchdown in this game, and it was just an absolute disaster for Auburn. And honestly makes us question why they were ranked as high as they were, seventh in the country before this game. Auburners really got to figure some things out as they get ready to host Arkansas this weekend. For Georgia, man, if Bennett can be that game manager for them, maybe even slightly better than a game manager, I don't want to say that as a disrespectful term, but... With that defense and that run game, Zamir White had 88 yards, two touchdowns. George, George Pickens found the end zone. But it was Kyrus Jackson with the big day, nine catches, 147 yards. Really impressive. A monster game against Tennessee coming up this weekend. All right, there you have it. That's recapping the weekend that was around the league. Coming up next, we'll hit on who impressed and depressed. A quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. They are the best-tasting protein bar ever. I know a lot of those protein bars out there, you get at health stores, they look good, and once you open them, they have that gross, chalky taste, and you end up taking a couple bites and throwing them away. That is not the case with Built Bar. They have got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. My favorite, the cookies and cream. It is so good, you don't even realize what you're eating is actually good for you. You can grab one after a workout, or look, if you're just looking to lose or maintain your weight, try to get away from some of those fast foods, this could be a great option for you if you're looking to go down that path. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And just head to BuiltBar.com. You want to use the promo code Locked On. you will get $10 off your next order, but you have to use the promo code Locked On. You get $10 off, and you'll be on your way to eating better, feeling better as you get ready for this SEC football season at BuiltBar.com. Locked On SEC Podcast rolling along here. A reminder coming up next segment, we will touch on some of the early betting lines heading into week three. A lot of these numbers will change they may even change by the time you listen to this podcast, but we always like to hit on Mondays with the early betting lines in the games going into this weekend, so we'll do that next. But first up, who impressed and depressed in week two of the SEC? How about Barry Oda, man? Really impressive game plan against Mississippi State, Mike Leach, KJ Costello. They were the story of the conference in week one, beating LSU in Death Valley, Arkansas, they did well in the first half against Georgia last week, but then not so good in the second half. But how about Barry Odom in that defense? Forcing four turnovers, K.J. Costello with three interceptions and two huge stops on fourth down. Arkansas, breaking through, man, with the big win. Barry Odom, impressed in week two. Also impressed in week two, I got to go with my man Mac Jones at Alabama after passing for 273 first half yards Saturday. Mac Jones now has thrown for 512 yards and four touchdowns 
in the first two halves of this season. He is having no issues hooking up with his receivers for long gains. The one bad, he did throw an interception that was nearly returned for a touchdown against AM this past weekend, but he is completing 74.5% of his passes, and he is tied for the FBS lead in yards per attempt at 13.4. His 435 passing yards was the number four single-game passing performance in Alabama history. Mac Jones continues to impress, and we might have to start throwing his name around in the Heisman conversation. All right, who depressed in week two? Just mentioned their names, but Mike Leach and K.J. Costello. Look, man, you're just a week removed from putting up 44 points on LSU and Death Valley, and you follow that up with just 14 points at home against Arkansas? So disappointing. As much as you had everyone patting you on the back a week ago, telling you what a great job you did, Mike Leach doing these interviews on all these national platforms, this week you got to deal with all those stares and the questions. Hey, man, what happened to you guys? Oh, man, what, you guys can turn it around? Or you think you're going to get this fixed? They're going to have to get back to what they did more in the LSU game than what they did against Arkansas this week going to Kentucky. Who else depressed in week two? I hate to do it. I got to go with Mark Stoops and the Kentucky defense. Look, Stoops is a defensive-minded guy, and the Kentucky defense these last couple of seasons has been really solid. They've been able to get big stops at times when they need them. they won a lot of football games. But in a game where you had nearly 600 yards of total offense and you can't get a win, Ole Miss was 6-for-12 on third downs, and the Kentucky defense is really just looking like a shell of what it once was. I'm also going to throw A.J. Rosen here for celebrating a touchdown before he scored and ultimately was tackled before he got to the end zone. We don't celebrate touchdowns until we cross the goal line, Rose. And again, I hate to do it, but i got to throw the kicker, Matt Ruffalo, in here. You depressed just as much as anyone, missing the extra point overtime, and what was the difference maker in the loss to Ole Miss for Kentucky. And lastly, who depressed in Week 2? Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn, come on, man. The Auburn offense was just so disappointing in what was supposed to be the game of the week. You had no running game. You had a poor passing attack with Bo Nix. Your defense holds Georgia to 27 points. It's not bad, but all you can muster is six points? Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn don't know what the offensive game plan was, but it never even got off the ground. You guys depressed in week two of the SEC, and there you have it. That's who impressed and who depressed around the conference in week two. Coming up next, we will take a look at some of the early betting lines as we head into week three of the SEC slate. Locked on SEC, rolling along. Chris Gordy here with you as we continue to recap week two of the SEC. We take a little bit of a look ahead. Some of the early betting lines going into this upcoming weekend we got some really good games, man, for us only being in week three of the SEC. And look, we knew we were going to get some really good matchups with, every, you know, going conference on conference, week in and week out. But, man, do we have some good matchups. Let's jump into it. Number 14, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. The line opens at Georgia minus 14. That just seems like a high number. Tennessee has been good. Georgia's been lights out defensively. Don't get me wrong. But it is still Stetson Bennett. I know he's my hero. I know he's my guy. I gave him my game ball this week. But 14 points? 
Tennessee's been no pushover. They've been pretty good offensively and defensively so far, but the win over Auburn must have left a big impression on the Vegas odds makers. The Bulldogs laying two touchdowns at home. Look, two good offensive lines. This one could be a little bit of a slugfest. Both teams may be leaning on the run game a little bit. My early lean is Tennessee in the points, but we'll see where that line goes as the week moves on. Number four, Florida is going at number 21, Texas A&M. Florida, five and a half point favorites. What am I missing here? <laughs> Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, the Florida high-flying offense has been so impressive. And you know who wasn't impressive this past week? Kellen Mond in the A&M offense. The Aggies could not s- slow down Alabama for anything. What makes you think they're going to slow down Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts? Gator defense did have some weak moments this past weekend against Colin Hill in South Carolina. Gave up some points, but my goodness, if you could find this at five and a half, again, I'm seeing some books have it seven. I don't care what the line is. I'm taking Florida minus whatever the points are. They're going to roll Texas A&M in College Station this weekend. Number two, Alabama is at Ole Miss. They've put this line at Alabama. It opened minus 24. It's, once again, Nick Saban against a former assistant. He's now 20-0 all-time against his former assistants. Look, Lane's been impressive with the offense. I like what they're doing with Matt Corral. They're throwing for a ton of yards, and I think they're going to move the ball on Alabama. But Ole Miss's defense is god-awful. They will not be able to slow down Najee Harris, Mac Jones, any of the wide receiver weapons that Alabama has, whatever the over-under is in this game, go ahead and lay the – I don't care what it is. Bet the over. Alabama may score 80 this weekend against Ole Miss in Oxford. But you know Lane Kiffin. He'll have some kind of trickeration, some kind of trick play, something crazy he's going to pull out against his former protege in uh, Nick Saban. Other games this weekend, Arkansas is at number 13, Auburn. Auburn opens as a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. It just seems high after what we saw from the Auburn offense looking like garbage in Georgia. Bo Nix looking like he's never played quarterback before. And Arkansas got a good performance from Felipe Franks and a big win over Mississippi State. So if I had to lean it right now, early, I'm taking Arkansas on the points. But I think, I'd like to think, Auburn's going to fix their woes and they'll look a lot better this weekend. Missouri, they're going to Death Valley to take on LSU. Look, I mentioned it earlier. I feel like LSU's getting better. I feel like they're only going to get stronger week in and week out. And Missouri's just having issues. They've already made a quarterback change. LSU is a minus 20 and a half. I feel like back at home, they fix their defensive woes from week one. LSU's going to cover that 20 and a half. South Carolina is at Vanderbilt. South Carolina is a 12-point favorite. Look, Vandy is not good. South Carolina showed some promise this past week. That just seems like a lot of points for South Carolina to go in there and cover. Look, I I believe in in Mike Bobo's offense. I believe in Colin Hill. But 12 points on the road at Vanderbilt. Derek Mason, the defense hasn't been god-awful. They've had some moments where they've gotten pressure on the quarterbacks. But when they don't get pressure is when they're in trouble. And lastly, Mississippi State goes to Lexington this weekend. I was surprised Kentucky opens as a three-point favorite. I know Mississippi State just came back down to earth laying an egg against Arkansas at home. But we are just two weeks removed from them putting up 40 points on LSU in Death Valley. 
Last segment, I spent talking about how disappointed I am in the Kentucky defense. How can I not take Mississippi State in the points on the road? I feel like Mike Leach. He got owned this past week. He's going to fix it. Kentucky was really good on the ground. Why does this feel like this game's going to be really close, though? My early lean, though, is Mississippi State. And there you have it. There's your early betting lines from around the conference as we head into SEC Week 3. That is just about going to do it for us here on the Locked On SEC Podcast. Again, remember to subscribe. We're here for you five days a week talking all things SEC football. we got some great guests coming up this week as well. Some expert analysis you do not want to miss. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.